0: Here are a couple of names that you might want to remember. There won't be a test at the end of the episode, but I'm pretty sure this won't be the last time you hear about them. Elsa Bernadotte, Patrick Renner, Helma Stalberg Nordgren, Becca Dean, Marseille Hedeye, Mattis Larsen, Emily Kennedy, Hera Hussain, Erin Zykis, Rahelio Arellano, Susanna Mitch, Sheena Allen. What do you think those people all have in common? Well. They're all under 30 and are social entrepreneurs. Three of them created an app to reduce food waste. One helps fight sex trafficking through facial recognition software. And another recycles unused hotel soap to help increase hand washing rates around the world. But there's something else. One other thing that ties them together. They all started with why. Have you ever wanted to do something but struggled to take the first steps? Had an idea you've loved but have been too scared to follow through? Been faced with a blank page, open screen, empty room and just not knowing where to start? This podcast might just be for you. Hi, I'm Rafaro and you're listening to Starting is the Hardest Pop. A monthly podcast where I chat to people at the beginning of their creative journeys, working towards their dreams, and in the process of building lives and careers that they love. It's about starting and seeing things through, the highs and the lows. I'll be sharing my experiences, having conversations with people I admire, and hopefully talking to you. So, let's start. There's this book and TED talk by Simon Sinek titled Start With Why. In it, Simon outlines why it doesn't matter what you do but instead it matters why you do it. That before you even begin to plan what you will do or who you will do it with, that you must work out your why. The central purpose that drives you and the standard by which you will measure your success. The why that will always be more important to you than the how. Last week, I went to a film festival and there was a speaker on one panel who said something that I've been thinking about all week. In talking about her job as a producer and filmmaker at the Lush Film Fund, she described her company, Lush, as activists funded by soap. Activists funded by soap, which got me thinking about social entrepreneurship and people who start businesses from the point of purpose, who begin and go with why. So I decided to talk to a social entrepreneur, in January, Kanisha Tutsurai, a third-year student at Swansea University, launched Phoenix Subscriptions. Passionate about making a change in her local community, but unsure of how to get started, she reached out to local businesses and charities to see how she could help. And that led her to launch the online giving and volunteering platform Phoenix Subscriptions. I had a lovely time talking to Kanisha and just know that her story will inspire you. So without further ado, here's our conversation. Hi, my name's Kanisha. I'm
1: 20 years old and I'm a student as well as entrepreneur who's most recently started
0: up her own online business. So what were you like as a child? Did you always know that you wanted to get into something entrepreneurial? It's a bit of a weird one because I didn't
1: really think I would start my own business. I actually wanted to go into media and journalism for a really long time and so I sort of just like aligned. So I did media A-levels and I was looking at media universities and focusing more on that part. So the idea of like starting my own business wasn't something that was on my mind until probably when I was doing my application process for uni and changing my mind from media studies onto business management. So growing up, I, I don't have a story where it's like I used to sell chocolate bars you know during break time I was more the buyer So, <laughs> but my parents were very entrepreneurial so we migrated to the UK when I was four years old and since then I've always have a memory of my mum and dad starting up businesses so we used to actually sell like hair products out of our downstairs cupboard for quite a while and they'd go to London purchase the stock then sell it to my aunties and uncles and just anybody else that wanted African hair products and so. There were so many other little businesses that started up after that so I always saw the business side from my parents but I wasn't sure if that was something I wanted to do myself until around my A-levels.
0: So what was it like when you started university when you finished your A-levels and began a degree? It was definitely an adjustment so from going from living with your
1: parents to now being so independent I definitely had to adjust to that. I did find academically though it wasn't too much of a jump because I did business studies as an A-level so In my first year, most of the content that we learned about, I'd sort of covered already during my A-levels. So I didn't really struggle academically on that side and kind of actually found it a bit boring because I'd covered so much of the content before. But I feel like in a way it was a blessing in disguise because it meant I sort of took more time to... Learn about how my assessment style was and focus more on doing my assignments rather than learning the new topics.
0: So, when you were at university, did you find a lot of role models in business or was it just an organic process to start on your own?
1: It was quite an organic process. I mean, my lecturers, they did every so often have an entrepreneur that would come into the university to sort of like talk about their journey. So, I kind of sort of just like learned about it a bit more through that. And then it wasn't until I in my second year that I picked up a few more modules specific to entrepreneurship did I actually come across a bit more business people in Swansea and more people that I could sort of like look into their stories and see what they were doing and it was they taking more of an active role myself and like researching online to find out
0: inspiring people and learn about their story that's really interesting. So, from that point of finding people who inspired you in business in Swansea, how did you begin the journey of creating Phoenix subscriptions?
1: So, funny enough, like most of my things actually link back to just like my degree and university experience. So, like I mentioned, my second year being a bit more active in seeing finding more like entrepreneurs. My module in business planning actually required us to come up with a business idea and create a 5,000-word business plan for it. So it was through that that the idea for Phoenix Subscriptions came about, and that was really interesting because it's come from my own personal um, experience volunteering in my first year that I sort of noticed a gap in the market for the platform. And then in that module, I was actually able to explore the idea some more and research talk to students see if it's something that they'd be interested in and then in my semester two, actually start the business because it was called applied entrepreneurship so we were required to start a business so like registered companies house by equipment all of that sort of stuff was really being pushed into the deep end to starting it.
0: So there's this book and it's also a TED talk that I love called Start With Why. I feel like I've mentioned this in a conversation before. And the main message of it is that before you decide what you're going to do, you need to work out why you want to do it. Like you need to work out the problem you want to solve, the purpose you're walking towards. So with Phoenix Subscriptions, what was your initial why to starting this?
1: My initial why was figuring out how can I get more people to give money to smaller charities and provide them with another source of revenue, so that it's not it's you know they're still relying on like funding from the government or other schemes, but also introducing that community feel back into donating again, so my why was probably just like trying to make it easier for small local charities to raise more money and to enable students to be more involved in the local community rather than just like you come to uni, you study. Then you leave afterwards, like actually get them more involved with the local community, whether that's shopping locally or actually giving
0: to these organisations and donating as well as giving their time. So for those who don't already know about Phoenix Subscriptions, would you be able to explain what the platform is like and how it works for students?
1: Yeah, sure thing. So Phoenix Subscriptions is a social enterprise And it's an online platform aimed at students, and what it does is it connects students with local partnering charities that often tend to be a lot smaller. And students are able to create an account and set up a monthly donation to one of the partnering charities. And this can be for as little as £2.50 a month, all the way up to whatever amount that the user wants to do. And essentially, they're also able to find out about volunteering opportunities at these organizations. But it's more of like a signpost in them. So they then make the effort to actually contact the charities through the provided information on the site. And then in return, these users gain access to discounts and deals from local businesses. Um, So they're nice and exclusive and also really good like saving opportunities for students. And so, yeah, essentially a user is then able to support local businesses by visiting their stores, saving money whilst doing so, as well as support local charities by donating regularly, creating a sustainable source of income for these small charities. And yeah, the general just idea is just an introduction to giving as a student, but also recognizing that as, as students, we actually, you know, this is our first time being independent with money and actually taking control of how we spend our money, so recognise that we can make a difference even if we don't have a load of money, but it's still
0: enough when we, as a collective, give together. That is great. That last sentence that you said, how great it is when we, as a collective, give together, and the parts about giving back to the community was so interesting because I'm at university right now, and I do feel like one of the biggest complaints that local residents would have is that students come to campus for three years they use the resources they have a good time and then they leave and they never fully really get integrated into the community outside of the actual student community so I felt like it's a really interesting thing that you're doing so after you made that first initial business plan what were the first next steps to making Phoenix subscriptions
1: yeah so after the initial business plan because during that like I did my primary market research secondary research the next step to that was talking more in depth with the charities and a few like businesses just to sort of figure out what their pain points were what how the service could be better used to support them so talking to them more in depth and by doing so I was actually able to create relationships with them and also get them on board with the idea so that that was something that they'd be interested in being a part of and then similarly with the businesses talking to them about it how it could help them and yeah and from there just like building up a number of businesses that would be partners soon after that I registered as a company to Companies House which was quite a big decision because I had to decide what legal structure I wanted to put for the business and opening like a business bank account as well I felt like very much like an adult which was quite (laughs) a, a surreal feel but yeah those were probably like the biggest steps and also commissioning the creation of the website that was another like big decision but something I'm so happy I went through with.
0: So what was that journey actually like? You said that you set up the business bank account, that you started making the website, but what was the process of getting charities and people and other people involved actually like for you? Um,
1: looking back now, it definitely was quite like, um, it's a long one because... My module started in, like, the one that required us to actually start the business. That started in February, so it's actually been a full year since I've been, like, actively, like, starting the business. And so when you look at it like that, it really has been quite, um, like, a time-consuming process, which I wouldn't change anything about it because it needed to go through all of that. And so the journey was, it was quite good because as it was tied in with a module and I was being assessed based on like what I was able to do. So it wasn't about success or failure of the business idea. It was more on like, what are you able to achieve in the month set for like, you know, the module period. So it meant that I was very much like on the ground from the get go and getting things done quite quickly, which was really nice and cool and sped up my journey. But in terms of like actually getting the website started it, That took place in August, which the module had long finished and, you know, maybe the excitement about it had sort of like, it was starting to come and go every so often. Like I'd have to like really find motivation to get it going as I didn't have the same pressures and deadlines that I did when I was in the module. And so since I'm now doing it as my year in industry, it's picked up once again, that same sense of deadlines and getting things done when they need to get done. So that's really helped to like bring up the motivation again and making sure things are happening
0: on time and quickly. So I find your story quite interesting because a lot of the people who I speak to who've done business degrees or have done degrees directly related to the industry they want to get into can be a little bit cynical. They talk about how Doing it every day, well, two directions that some feel like doing it every day kind of took away that passion, and others doing it and then doing it outside of university made them kind of like a bit disillusioned by university, and they're like, Oh, I can do this by myself. But from the sounds of it, university really went hand in hand with your sense of entrepreneurship and what you wanted to do later. So, how would you say that the resources at university and the community that you found there influenced your decision to go on with this?
1: That's a really good question, and I like how you phrased it. Well, I thank you very nice um (laughs) to ask that question i definitely i I wouldn't take myself away from that group of people that can sometimes like you know when something feels like a job like for me this started really as like a passion thing and something i was really interested in doing and so now that it is my nine to five i can definitely imagine and feel at certain points what the cynical group feels like you know as soon as it becomes a job the passion for it falls away however I feel like it's that thing you have to wake up every day and remind yourself of the why and the like being clear on what is why it is that you're doing what you're doing in order to go through the day feeling a little bit more like more motivated and passionate about what you're doing but in terms of like the university and the resources it's been an incredibly massive help but I also wouldn't say it's the only thing that has helped me um being like and a solo entrepreneur, and like being in the business on my own so far has meant that I've had to look for other sources of help, whether that's going to like networking groups and networking with other business people in Swansea and doing that on my own accord, like not through the university but actually looking on Inventbrite and finding out about the next networking group or who I can get in touch with, and also um searching on Facebook, seeing what groups are out there and then actually attending there and creating those relationships and networks for myself. And in terms of like the university, it's just been a nice framework to sort of just keep things like, in a way, like I feel like have another person that's like keeping you accountable, if that makes sense. Mm, So that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, like especially when you're an entrepreneur, because you don't have anyone above you, you have to set your own times. You have to set your own, like, you know, the discipline and all of that. So having that framework of knowing that I'm required to do a minimum of 40 weeks and I'm required to do a minimum of 30 hours a week on this business has kept that discipline that I may have otherwise not have had. And also the accountability is shown when I have to do, like, assessment and being like, completing them to a deadline. It means that I'm constantly making sure, like, am I on track? Am I doing what I'm meant to do? And I also have goals set for the end of the year that I was required to submit. So that's another level of accountability. So the uni has been really like helpful and resourceful in terms of that. And also with promotion as well and being open to connecting
0: as like a small business with what they've got resource wise. I love that perspective about university because I do feel like in entrepreneurship and creative communities, we can be a bit down on traditional routes and like. I don't know. I feel like there is this level of cynicism around those things, but they actually help you so much. Like I was having a conversation with someone today earlier and we were talking about how there are a few times in your life where you'll have as many resources as many contacts but as much time as you do at university so yeah a really really interesting perspective from you so i was on instagram and i saw that a couple of months ago you had your big launch for phoenix subscriptions so could you tell us more about what that was like
1: yeah so um funny enough tomorrow so tomorrow's the 17th it would be officially one month since i had the launch and that was like (laughs) That was such an interesting experience, because when I tell you the level of stress, the level of like like lack of sleep I got was just like unmatched, but also it was the most exciting time at the same time um so the launch was something that I'd put down in my calendar like two to three months before, like I had that deadline set, and with that meant that there was so much things that I had to do in order to prepare for that and like anything that has like a big date or a deadline like even a wedding like everybody knows the amount of stress or even party planning that like goes into making an event and then when you're actually there it's like a blur so the evening was it's like an absolute blur to me because it just went by so quickly but I guess one of the things that I'd probably say is that pre-launch and post-launch are so different and it was so I probably stressed way too much out during the launch preparation, which I guess helped make the night as good as it was. But also I had tonsillitis. Oh no. Yeah, I got tonsillitis three days before my launch. Oh wow. Which meant that I was on antibiotics. Oh, that's awful. Girl, when I tell you, oh my gosh, I will never forget that, like have, dealing with tonsillitis, but also knowing that you're gonna have to deliver a 15 minute speech and also interact with everyone in the day. Oh you want to sleep all the time and everything hurts but things have to get done still
0: it's amazing the commitment
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think so but I think getting tons of light has kind of showed me just how much like I didn't take care of myself before like during the launch time and I let my immune system just get so low because I just wasn't putting myself first and doing what I needed to do in order to look after me so that I could be the best in the day but I think that's all it's just part of parcel with like doing this and on the night it was amazing to be able to show everyone present what it what I'd been working for for the most part of like nine months and for them to see the site for them to listen to each of the charities talk about the work that they do the difference that donation makes for them and their service users was quite a surreal feeling and knowing that I'd brought all these people together in one room to connect with each other to celebrate most importantly was a really lovely feeling. And plus, my grandma from Zimbabwe came, not specifically for the event. Oh, it's so beautiful. <laughs> not specifically for the event, but she was in the country at the same time that my launch was happening. So, for her to be able to see what I'd done was just the icing on the
0: cake. That is so, that's that's so lovely. Oh, I'm just imagine my grandmother. I love her so much.
1: <laughs> Honestly, oh, it's just amazing. Yeah. And
0: it's like, it must be amazing to work on something you're passionate about with people you love and to know that what you're doing has a greater purpose and yeah that is brilliant so what has the reception for phoenix subscriptions been like how from the charities from people you know from people in your community what's that been like so far
1: yeah it's been quite a good reaction so far um the charities have been incredibly supportive and really excited to see what this journey looks like it's nice because i get to keep updated like talk to them often enough that i know what's going on with them and it means really helps me like social media wise to share with everybody else the exciting things that are happening for them uh, the businesses they've been incredibly supportive and helpful especially um as all the businesses that are on the platform they're all small businesses so it means that i remember when i was going to like sign up businesses I'd go in there and I'd like have a conversation with the person behind the bar. And then soon after I'd be like, Oh, by any chance, is the owner here. And they'd be like, Oh, that's me. And I honestly have fun in love with that about small businesses is that you can walk in a place and you're going to speak to the owner or the owner's the one that's like cleaning the tables or just running about. There's not like there's not so many layers to their hierarchy, but they've also been incredibly helpful with supporting me both in terms of the business, but also as like guides and mentors in what running a small business has been like. So that's also quite exciting and always looking to get like more businesses on board the platform. And then in terms of students or subscribers, it's been really interesting. Like I think with anything that's sort of you're in it for a marathon is that it's like a slow growth. So definitely like getting people in has been like interesting, trying new things out. But I'm excited to see what's going to happen in the future and also the results that will happen with like different techniques and like being more on campus and sharing it out yeah it would be quite interesting to get more people on board but definitely one thing maybe I was a bit disillusioned about before launching is that the idea that you can have like hundreds of people signed up not really that's not the case (laughs) sometimes it takes like a little bit longer to get that happening but soon it'll be like a domino where you know the brand speaks for itself or it becomes a bit more recognizable or it becomes when students think of donating or they think of discounts that phoenix subscriptions will come up to their mind but it's definitely something that's like it's a long game especially if you want to build something to
0: last that's so true so what are your hopes for phoenix subscriptions going forward like one thing that you've talked a lot is about how you've been targeting small businesses and local businesses and i feel like that's a thing that is so important but i feel like a lot of people do just want to go really big and really all out but there's so much value in starting with your own community so are you hoping to expand this to other university campuses or would you want this to be more of like a nationwide thing or are you just like focusing on the next step each time?
1: Yeah I definitely have goals to take it to other universities and campus towns because wherever there's a university there's a community there so I think it would be amazing to have um like each university town to sort of have Yeah, to have their own, like, Phoenix subscriptions and students there are able to find out about their own local charities and donate to them. So, yeah, I think the the goal for the next, like, five years is just to take it to as many university towns but still remembering that with each university town it's still local and localising that so that it represents what that town is like, what their businesses are like in that community as well as the charities as well. So... Yeah, expanding it, but also still keeping that sense of local community and local impact, but also the collective difference that it will make in the future. And what have you learned
0: the most about your community through your, the people who you've been working with?
1: I'd probably say, as cliche it sounds, just everybody is so supportive and lovely. I don't know if it's because of the size of Swansea, like it's not a massive city, but the business community here are incredibly supportive, like every single networking event that I've attended, people have been so warm to receive the idea, to share insights and tips or to take time apart from their day to actually just talk to you to answer any questions you have it's been amazing and when you start to see familiar faces at these events or you interact with them more you just yeah it's just really heartwarming because when you're an entrepreneur it can be so easy to work as just one person or to just really get stuck in your own head but being with other business people and entrepreneurs has really like provided that sense of motivation and encouragement and also that feeling that you're not alone so I feel like Swansea has been incredibly beautiful for that is that everybody just wants to support everybody just wants to see each other win so there's never a thing about competition everyone's so kind to share where you know they're getting stuff from or who the best point of contact is That's just been, yeah, really nice.
0: And what advice would you give to a young person wanting to make a difference in their local community? I'd definitely say
1: the first thing you want to sort of do is just to listen and to sort of just take a moment and actually look around you. I mean, one of the things that I'd say from my journey is that what I wanted Felix Gretchen's to be at the very beginning is different to what it is right now and the only reason that is is because having conversations with the charities or business owners or students themselves can really let you know what it is that people want and people feel it is missing or could be better that will help you make sure that you can create something whether it's a project or a business that people would actually f- like find useful and most importantly to just do it regardless of what the results is or how much you you know, let's say you've got an idea, but it doesn't change the whole world. If it changes one person's life, even, I think it's doing what it's meant to do and it's serving its purpose. I think sometimes it can be so easy to think that you've only made a difference if thousands of lives are changed or if it's a worldwide impact, like, you know, you stopped world hunger or something. But sometimes the biggest change can be just from changing the life of one other person so that they either... Live their life in a different way, or you've helped them through a difficult time, or you've given them new perspective. I think that's really powerful. So, if you want to make a difference to local community, firstly, just listen and just take a moment to think what is it that i could do that will make the most impact because every community is different every community has its own different problems so just listen in and see what those are secondly to just do it and with that don't focus so much on world change or impacting thousands of lives that would be amazing if it does that but it's not the be all and end all sometimes the biggest thing that you can do is just to change the life of one other person and that can be done not as a direct result of your business itself, but in the interactions you have with people that you meet along the journey or the way you're able to point them in a new direction, whether it's a
0: resource or just, yeah, I think change can happen just from one other person. That is a truly valuable message. Honestly, like I'm feeling inspired. I might well up, you know, so the, <laughs> and I feel like it's a message that's going to inspire a lot of students because, as you said, change starts with one person just the everyday interactions that you have with people inspire people like have you watched the movie the butterfly effect (gasps) i have oh so yeah that's what i was thinking as you're speaking like just that little push that you can give to someone can inspire them to do the next thing or to inspire them to do something for somebody else and i feel like with phoenix subscriptions you're inspiring people to like donate here or volunteer here and then that's going to enable somebody else to make a difference in somebody else's life and then the service users who use the charity can then take the like the goodness the value that's been added to their lives from the charity and add that to another person's life and it's just this wonderful chain of events that continues to happen when we do good things and i just i can't wait to see what phoenix subscriptions does next thank you so much and i think you've honestly that's how i literally sum it
1: up and i think that's how you end up living a life of purpose is that knowing it's more of like one person how you change one person's life or impact that and then they go on to do what you know, impact somebody else and it's just like you said, the chain reaction. So
0: what is your dream? We talked about this a little bit about how you want to take it off to um other universities, hopefully, but what are you trying to do with Phoenix subscriptions over the next couple of months? What are your goals for it? Good question. <laughs> Not to put you on the spot. <laughs> what are your five months? You, honestly, goals?
1: <laughs> you mate, you put me on such a spot. Now I'm just Give me a moment. This is where your editing comes through, right? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let me think. Oh my gosh. Okay, so in terms of Phoenix subscriptions, I'd probably say the goal for the next few months is just to focus on building the user numbers and the amount of people that are on the site donating and also like making use of their discounts in stores. So it's probably like one of the priorities. But another thing that, like, it's recent decision that i've made that i feel like it's quite big is just to get more people on board as a team so i definitely want to get more people involved with between subscriptions on a place of like actually working on it not so it's not just me like i'm definitely a person that thrives in working in the team or just being part of you know just something with a group of people so that's another goal that i have is just to get people on board that you know, are inspired by the message, want to take it forward and also recognise that their input will be so important with, like, what happens and knowing that it's, it's above me, it's beyond me, like, the purpose of the platform is not just about me, it's about the community and i think the best way to serve that is just to get more people as part of the team to help deliver that so that's probably my second goal and how many goals shall i have
0: oh you can have one or ten like <laughs> whatever whatever works for
1: you um yeah no to be honest i think those probably are the two most important ones that come to mind it's just to build the numbers and also just to get a team on board i think yeah those ones will Yeah, see it to the next step that you can go on to.
0: That's wonderful. I hope that you're able to achieve that. And I hope that more people in Swansea get on board and get involved and choose to make the action to get involved in their local community. So I'm just going to ask you some quick fire questions. And they are like three questions that I'm going to say the beginning of the sentence to and then you fill in the end with what you think. So quick fire question number one. The hardest part of starting something new is dot dot dot. Get in over your fears every single day. Very true. Quickfire question number two. When I'm feeling uninspired, I... dot dot dot.
1: I call people that I know will help change the way that I'm feeling, but also either take a nap because I think, you know, doing anything you need to sleep. So take a nap or go for a walk or I watch, listen to a podcast or watch something that I found incredibly inspiring another time. I rewatch it again so that I find that same source of inspiration oh I should make a YouTube playlist of videos that inspired me once I thought like that'd be really really valuable honestly do it do it do it I couldn't recommend it anymore like when you know that like there's another thing that I did a while back and I made a list of like you know as cliche as it sounds but I wrote is yes, what makes Kanisha happy and then I wrote down a list of like five things that w- picked my mood up so one of them was like talking to my little cousin another thing was watching like certain videos or like the playlist of things I know pick me up or another thing was like talking to my parents and another thing was like walk going for a walk so I'd sort of like go to that list when I was feeling down and sort of just like I need to do like at least three of these things and I might be in a different place like emotion wise
0: or motivation wise that's such a good idea I feel like for the people who are listening to this podcast I would recommend doing that as well because it's easy to burn out to lose inspiration but when you go back to the things that make you who you are the things that bring you closer to your core self and to remind you of your purpose it really helps okay quick fire question number three the best piece of advice I've ever received is dot 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 you have nothing to lose
1: but everything to gain when you want something the worst thing that can happen is that they say no and is that even the worst case scenario no but what if they say yes just think of the opportunities or the possibilities that come out just them saying yes but you going forth and asking it
0: wasn't that great kanisha is a testament to how we can all make a difference in our local communities and has inspired me to look up ways i can volunteer and get involved if you live in Swansea or would just love to know more, visit phoenixsubscriptions.com where you can find out more about the charities they support, businesses they work with and how you can get involved. Their social links will also be linked in the description with a bunch of things we referenced in today's episode, so be sure to check it out. People don't buy what you do. They buy why you do it, and what you do simply proves what you believe. So, what do you believe? What is your why, or your multiple whys? What excites you, inspires you, angers you, gets you riled up? What change would you love to see in the world, or your town, or your life? Canisius was because she wanted to get involved in her local community, but didn't know how. And mine, at least for starting this podcast, was because I didn't know where to start, but knew that I was always the most inspired after having a conversation with people who, like me, were at the beginning of their journey. So here's my challenge for you. Get a piece of paper. It doesn't have to be anything special. You don't need to start a whole new notebook. Just get a piece of paper and write down the first thing that comes to mind when I ask you, what is your why? And once you know, act on it. Start small, start local, start with what you already have. It won't be perfect and it likely won't be easy, but it will be worth it because while starting may feel like the hardest part, you've got to start somewhere. Starting is the Hardest Part is a podcast released on the first Monday of every month get in contact with me at the email address startingpod at gmail.com or send me a tweet at rufara faith that is r-u-f-a-r-o-f-a-i-t-h-h I'm always looking for new stories, perspectives, people to interview, and people to ask little questions for the Q&A part of the podcast. So if you're starting something big, starting something small, wanna be involved, or just wanna have a chat, feel free to send me a message. And now to the part of the podcast where I ask you to do something. If you wanna help support this podcast, could you do me a massive favor? Send me some feedback. In the show notes, there's a link to the survey for this episode, and I'd love it if you told me what you liked, like or would like to hear more of in the next episode. And now this is the part of the podcast where I ask you to do something. If you want to help support this podcast, could you do me a massive favor? Send me some feedback. In the show notes, there's a link to the survey for this episode. And I'd love it if you told me what you liked, didn't like, or would like to hear more of in the next episode. Your feedback really helped me grow and make each episode better than the wonderful. So if you can, thank you so much. And as always, make sure or sign up to my monthly pre-episode newsletter which will also be linked in the show notes and show show notes show notes show notes and i really hope you have a wonderful few weeks until we chat again and also you know a wonderful life after that but um